This week on Movie Time Machine, in the 23rd century, a New York City cabbie, Corbin Dallas, finds the fate of the world in his hands when Lilo Dallas Metro Pass... Uh, what's going on? What are you doing? I'm not doing that. <laughs> what are you, Jamie. Who's typing that? Jamie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm My sorry. God. I'm done. I'm sorry. There's a ghost in... <laughs> falls into his cab. <laughs> this is Fifth Element. That's so good. That makes me so happy. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, this 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 bitch with orange hair falls into his cab. Welcome to Fifth Element. Podcast where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie, The Fifth Element, released in the year 1997, an English language French sci fi film directed and co written by Luc Besson, starring Bruce Willis, Milia Jokovic, Gary Oldman, Ian Holm, Chris Tucker, and Tommy Tiny Lister, aka Zeus. <laughs> I'm your time machine host, Chad. And I want to introduce you to my Time Machine co-host first. Will he finish WandaVision before he watches another season of Survivor? It's Jamie. This one I finished. What? Okay, I got to go back. Will he finish Mandalorian before he watches another season of Survivor? Not if they put it on Netflix first. <laughs> He's always living one year behind in the entertainment world and sometimes one beer behind. It's Casey. One, two, who knows? And, as always, our living encyclopedia of movie knowledge and collector of NES carts, it's James. <laughs> I love how you pronounce, uh, like, European names. Like, I'm like, oh, it's not Jovovich. It's Jokovic for Mila. Milia? Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I always know. said Jovovich. <laughs> Jovovich? <laughs> but clearly, it, I mean. I think it's, it's Jovovich. I've heard Jovovich? Jovovich, but I don't know oh. anything. I don't know anything either, but I just always find it fun whenever there's a fun name like that. You always pronounce it the best. Well, hey, you know. Is it, so is it, Cor, <laughs> is it Corbe, Corbin Dallas? How Corbin? would you say that? Corbin. <laughs> Corbin Dallas. Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get into our movie of the week. I want to tell you guys about something. I finally beat Star Wars. What is it called? Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, I'm so proud I of you. I finally beat it. <laughs> I took a like so it was like a long hiatus and I hopped back in. I think it took me like another week to beat it. So yeah, so good. Um, was that ending like, though, right? Yeah, that did ending. you see that coming? I didn't see that no, coming. No, no. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. When the game first came out, I remember it being spoiled for me, and I totally forgot about it. But I had no idea. I'm glad idea. you forgot. That's awesome. I had no idea like how it was going to show up, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> right? Right? Okay. Yeah, it was awesome. I got really jacked after that. I was like, this is sweet. Yeah, that was so cool. But So I did that and um, watched the, the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This morning, because I guess all of a sudden I'm a MCU. Look stand, at you! So, yeah. <laughs> we flipped you. Look at you. But yeah, pretty good so far. Um, I haven't read or looked anything up on this, but I'm kind of stoked that they're bringing maybe a, a, a character or villain back from spoilers the '90s. That issue um, bleeding edge. I think it's pretty cool if this is who one of the guys that popped up is. So not sure. Could be like a stretch, but yep. So yeah, just exploded. Uh, Omega Red, possibly. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> Wait, what? What? I don't oh my know. god! I, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. I have no idea, but I just heard something, and I was like, "Oh, could this be a possibility?" I'm probably wrong. I was yeah, wrong. but it, is he going to really look all like Whiplash and Iron Man too? Because that wasn't that cool. <laughs> when we were talking oh, about no, least, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were talking about least favorite characters, like uh, last week, I was thinking to myself. Man, I really hated Whiplash. I like Mickey Rourke just fine. He's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad that you forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what have you been up to, James? Uh, nothing much. Uh, finished through Yellowstone, and then, I don't know, I've just been watching a lot of The Crown. Uh, it's 
I'm the only one watching it. My wife's not even interested in it, and uh, I enjoy it enough, but it's nothing crazy. I've been pretty boring, I'd say, when it comes to my entertainment viewing these last couple weeks. Uh, I guess I'm just getting excited for my four-hour binge of Justice League that I will do at some point this weekend. All right. Is that movie four hours long? The Snyder four hours film? and two minutes, sir. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, I'm excited about it. I, I mean, it looks it looks cool. I'm excited to see, like, what... Like, how much money money did they put into it? Like, another $30 million into, like, these reshoots and um, production on it. So, it, I don't know. I'm just curious to how different it's going to be from the original one. Because I really enjoyed Man of Steel. I really like Batman v Superman. And then... The Justice League movie was just so lackluster. I did not like it at all. And then, so I'm excited to see what this is going to look like. Thank James. I don't even know if we had this conversation before about Batman v Superman, because I've always like been out there saying like that movie is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. And I thought it was quite no, good. <laughs> I, I think, I think Batfleck really was one of the best Batman. Like, I don't know. Like, if I watch that movie, like, I know I know everybody thinks Michael Keaton is, like, the epitome of what Batman should be. I get that. But if you watch, like, 1989 Batman, he doesn't punch anybody for, like, the first hour and a half of that movie. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like <laughs> I, I just, you know, like, you don't realize it until you do. And then, like, glass shattered. Like, man, this Batman sucks. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited for, like, um, I heard the rumor is in the new Flash movie that's coming out that I think it's gonna be like some sort of flashpoint paradox movie where Michael Keaton has signed on as 1989 Batman. Like, so he's going to be in the movie and then Ben Affleck signed on as Bat- his version. So like, I'm interested Sweet. to see what happens with all that. So awesome. Should be kind of cool, but all right. Case. Yeah. So I'm still uh, riding high on our Marvel chat, which we did uh, last week, last week. Still yeah. riding high in that Marvel train, so I uh, rewatched Ant Man uh, just because I couldn't really recall. Like, I don't know, I'd seen it, wasn't really, it wasn't fresh in my brain. Wanted to rewatch it. That is a delightful movie. It is hilarious. It is, uh, I don't know, well made, um, and it just got me uh, thinking about how really well, uh, how really the MCU like team has, uh, you know, that whole studio has been able to make really good origin story movies, but then still kind of have them perfectly plug right into that giant, like overarching infinity stones saga. Like this movie had nothing to do with any of that, but then, you know, he it introduced, uh, you know, he went and fought Falcon or whatever. And that introduces him to like the Avengers, which then ties into like that, that when they pull him into um, civil war, uh, so it's just, I don't know, it's just, I think it's really well done. And I think uh, it's kind of a, I don't know, we talk about it in that bod too, but it, it, it just made me step back and really view that whole universe as, a, as such a cool accomplishment to be able to make that many films and have them kind of intertwine together like that. Chad, have you, so would you say that you've gotten back on board with MCU? Like, I think, what did you say? Phase one is kind of <laughs> blah, but phase two is like really killing it. Yeah. And- I said that without thinking, like, oh, I've been watching it in a timeline order. So, but I think most of the movies that I've really liked have been in phase two, where I'm just like, I feel like it's taken like a huge leap forward. Um, I just feel like the the stories have gotten a lot more interesting. So, yeah, I'm still trying to finish Ultron. I have think I have about forty minutes in that movie, but that movie is really, <laughs> really cool. I just got to the part to where. Um, I'm guessing it's like how vision is created. So um, I'm just guessing, but I'm thinking that's a good guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So, but yeah, I've, I've turned a page. I, I have think to say, so. That's, I have to, I'd have to say though, if we were to say something, that'd be a weird spoiler considering that movie came out almost 15 years ago. No way. What? Was it that no long way. Ago? No, I mean, maybe not 15. No, like maybe eight. Five, I'm looking. That still feels like forever ago. It does. It really feels uh, like it came out like a long time ago. Age of Ultron, 2015. Okay, it was only yes. f- six years ago. Yeah. Damn, it does feel like it was a really long time ago. Though. <laughs> okay, never mind. Still, I mean, there's just so many Marvel and Avenger movies out now where I'm like, man, can we really still spoil some of this stuff? That's crazy. I mean, I don't care if you do. I'm, I'm more no. just kind of along for the ride. So. Even the stuff that I thought was spoiled, like there's still like little like story bits where I'm just like, oh, 
That's cool. Didn't yeah, know no, that. They're clearly building Rocket. What? <laughs> they're clearly building Rocket Raccoon. What? <laughs> yes. In Ultron? In Ultron, yeah. yeah. That's a way okay. to get your mind blown. Easter you guys got to fill me in. It has been so long since I've seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we're getting older, also gullible. <laughs> I believed you 100%. I for- <laughs> Dude, I, I forgot that uh, Andy Serk... I forgot Ulysses Claw was in this movie. Oh, yeah. That Collins I didn't know. Thing. That I didn't know. Because, well, I've only seen him and I've only seen like half of uh, Black Panther. So I was like, oh, I recognize that dude. Hey, I do have a question about <laughs> that, though. Is Andy Serkis like that ripped? Like, doesn't he look like his arms are huge in this movie? Well, or even in Black about- Panther. He, he he plays all of those like super physical creatures like apes and orcs and smeagles. For sure. So I think apes that... and orcs and smeagles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> oh my. But it, it kind of makes sense. You're probably right though, James. He probably was hitting the bench before this role because yeah, I mean Gollum's skin and bone, and that was like the whole idea was that he was wearing the green suit to kind of create that creature. So. Well, yeah, 100%. I just never, like, I know I've seen him in other movies and where it hasn't been stop motion. And I just never, until I saw these movies, I just never was like, oh, man, that is a cut dude. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, there might be some movie magic. I don't know. But, yeah, where where do we let Jamie was telling us what, what oh, he's been I watching? Cer- I certainly can. <laughs> um I already told you guys in the chat, but I've been watching a little show on HBO Max called Bjornstad, or otherwise known as Bear Town in English. And it's a five-part miniseries. It's about a Swedish hockey town. It's in Swedish, by the way, for those of you who are seeking this show out. And it's very good. Um, I've heard it described as like Friday Night Light, season two of Friday Night Lights, but for hockey in Sweden. So if I could give like my two-second pitch, it's like, this whole town is built around this hockey team and their youth player is really, really good. And this former NHL coach comes back. He's got to win him or he's got to coach him to the championship. If not, they lose their team and something really, really bad happens and drama ensues. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some previews that looks, looks good. I'm interested. Yeah. I just, I, I love hockey. I love Sweden and I love hockey show hockey. And, uh, you know, shows in the snow or cold. And yeah, and it is nice, too. I mean, does anybody else watch any shows in a different language? It is kind of nice for that kind of different experience, too. I got to say. My wife just watched uh, Lupin. It's on Netflix. It's, I think, some French show. I don't know. She just watched through all of that. But she actually surprisingly watched it with the dubs over in french with subtitles so english subtitles but french speaking no 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 it's it's yeah it's a french show so it's all in french she watched it with english dub like dubbed in so like english voiceover okay so not just english subtitle but like everything was in english you know what i'm saying instead of the original audio Mm. with subtitles where do you guys land on that yeah i mean that's how the crown is right now for me it's this weird english Oh, wait, no, that's just I'm speaking. <laughs> it kind of depends on what mood I'm in, you know, like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dubs like, take me out of like, it. pay a lot of attention to, so. I can only do dubs in like animation. Like I, I did dubs with Mononoke, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. when it's English, when it's human actors, just not having the mouth not sync up takes me out of it too much i have to just let them speak their language and i'll just watch it with subtitles yeah Yeah. i watched uh rumble in the bronx probably like a year ago and it was brutal to get through with like i i just remember seeing it in the theater as a kid and i'm like oh this is so cool with like jackie chan and everything but then like the english dub on there is so bad (laughs) yeah Yeah, takes me out of it like a year ago i think i was chatting with you quite a bit about this, Jamie, maybe like right before we were all work from home. Um, I went through like watching like a, a string of like um, old like kind of Japanese uh, Kung Fu flicks. <laughs> yeah. It was your uh, Pai Mei face, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. And um, 
yeah, I started watching those um, just subtitled and I was like, oh, this actually is it kind of drew me in a lot more because a lot of those older films, too, they use a lot of the same voice actors. So everything just kind of blends in. But yeah, I, I chose to actually subtitle those, which I really like. So, yeah, well, and here's where um, it was different from other shows I watch is since it's all subtitled in, in Swedish, like. If it was in Spanish, I might be able to keep up if I'm second screening. But if it's in Swedish, I can't look at my phone. So I have to watch the show the whole for the whole episode. And I think I don't know. That's kind of cool. I, I don't do that with every show. But with this one, it's been kind of fun just to lock in and follow along. And, and in case uh, Casey and James, you're like, who the hell is Pai Mei? Um, he's kind of like the Sith Lord of like the Kung Fu world. So. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. He he shows up in a lot of like different variations of this character shows up in a lot of those like old kung fu flicks. Like, so like Kill Bill. Like Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, when but you it, say it like that, I'm like, this is the guy with that was training Uma Thurman with the wispy beard that he kept on grabbing, I'm guessing. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week's movie. The Fifth Element. This, James, this was your pick. Um, any, do you want to go into like any reason why you picked this? Why was this your pick for this I, week? You know, I was just going through different, um, like which movies I wanted to pick. Like I was going down in different years and like picking like, oh, these are my two favorite movies that year. This are my two favorite movies that year. And uh, when I came across this one, I would just thought I hadn't seen this one in a long time, but just remembered how much. I enjoyed like this is probably one of the ones where I like I purchased the movie poster because I liked it so much at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, so like even watching it today, I had the general idea of like what still happened in the movie. But I was definitely pleasantly surprised when watching it. Like I was like, oh, I forgot about this scene, forgot about this scene. So I don't know, just a lot of uh, a lot of fun for me. I think it was one of the more original ones I'd seen in a while. I think it was like between like I watching this and The Professional, which really got me on to um the director unlike liking kind of the stuff that he does i mean this is the guy that made taken so clearly he's kind of the man no <laughs> um also fun fact did you guys know that like so uh when bruce willis is talking to his buddy finger on the phone and you just get his voice do you know yeah. that's vin, Di- vin diesel no <laughs> yeah i thought it, was, it sounded very familiar though but I was trying to place no, it, and then I was like, I'm trying. I was trying to look, trying to look up like who played his mom too, because she was just like this, like Brooklyn accent. Corbin, darling, why aren't you here? Like all yeah. this stuff. Like why do you hate your mother so much? <laughs> and I don't know. And I couldn't figure out who she was. Uh, but yeah, the the buddy was uh, Bruce or uh, Vin Diesel, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, that's rad! I had no idea. So, Casey or Jamie, have you? What's your history with this film? This is my second viewing. I actually saw it for the first time about a year ago. I had never actually seen it. Uh, I'd, you know, seen references to like Gary Oldman's character in, in, you know, memes or online things. And obviously I'd, you know, seen the like thermal bandages. Like I'd seen people dress up like that on the internet, uh, you know, for Halloween and things like like that. So like I was, yeah, I was aware of that. Um, but other than that, I didn't really know anything about it. And this, this is a really good example of, uh, before I watched this for the first time about a year ago, I looked up the trailer and oh my goodness, trailers from the nineties are absolutely awful. They're the worst. Like it was uh, after two thousands or something where, where trailers became like an art form and were really good for a short period of time. But man, in the set in the nineties, they were just so bad. Um, so it actually maybe not as excited to even watch it, but I did, you know, I, I think this is a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I was glad to have watched it a second time. It is, uh, at times it dates itself as a little bit nineties. Um, but for the most part, because it's like a futuristic sci-fi thing, it kind of holds up and doesn't really date itself too much in most of it. Um, you know, you can't really tell how old it is other than just knowing, you know, how old Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman and Mila Jovovich are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like this one. I, I don't think it's the the greatest movie ever, but I think it's uh, one of the better um, just kind of 90s action movies. It's really good. Cool. Jamie, what's your history? So with I this think film. I, with this film, 
I, I feel like this was another one of my library rentals, or this may have been Blockbuster. I definitely saw this like circa high school, and then I haven't seen it since. Um, And I remember liking it okay, like I had my problems with it, and then watching it again. I had a lot more fun this time, but definitely still have my problems with it as well. There's there's stuff I really love, um, like Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich are great. In fact, so good. Um, and then there's just some stuff I can't get past, like the design of the, help me out here, the ma- Mangolins, the, but who are the bad guys? The Mangolins. I hate the way those creatures look. I can't get past it. Like I hate that creature design and stuff like that. I mean, just that's the point right out. You're supposed to hate them. I, but I so hate them <laughs> it's, and not in a fun way. I'm like, man, I wish unpack I had that. It. I'm curious. What do you mean by that? Like, are they too like puppet? They're too rubbery. You just don't I like pigs. I, I don't like pigs, and they're too <laughs> rubbery. <laughs> but even with like, I don't know. Isn't it? Wouldn't you say it's better though? Like, because they put a lot of CG into the movie, like clearly with like their car designs and things like that, where wasn't it a little refreshing that we still were getting costumes at that point? Yeah, with like the <clears throat> practical on top, like it, there's, I think there's a good combination of like practical and and CGI in this film. But I I think that's definitely true, and I really I can't describe it better than like give me a different mask or like a different creature, make it a reptile, make it like a a primate looking thing, just like whatever that was. It just I it didn't work for me. I wish I could explain it better. But and again, that's like totally a personal. Give me lizard Taste. people. <laughs> yeah. Give me we lizard people. have them. They just live underground. Mm. <laughs> well, that, you know, that actually brings up a, a really interesting point because you were saying they're the bad guys. And that actually is a thought I had towards the end of the movie. It's like who there isn't like a singular bad guy because the whole thing's revolving around that giant planet that's exploding. But like you don't really think about that or care about it until like the end of the movie when they're like racing against time to stop it. Or let's the talk majority about like, of the movie you just aren't really thinking about it. You're thinking about yeah. Gary Oldman and you're thinking about the stupid pig monsters. True, but I mean, until the planet makes a phone call. <laughs> and then it like he starts bleeding oil, and I'm like, what is going on? That what? I still didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, actually, that's one of the questions I had. I didn't get, didn't really look into, but yeah, for me, me personally, I'll just dive right in. Like my re- relationship with this film was, I remember when this first came out, I remember not wanting to, I thought it looked cool, but I remember like not wanting to see it because I had some friends have been like, yeah, that movie's bad. That movie sucked. And I just kind of took their um, opinions on it. But like, all right, I'm just not going to waste my time with it. But um is all things in my life. I feel like if I shit on it, then eventually I come around and watch it. Then I will enjoy it. <laughs> but, so, <laughs> but no, I then like, yeah, I, I purchased this on blue blue ray when it first came on blue ray and, um, watched it. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I remember not liking it as much first at first. And, uh, I think coming back in and watching it now, I think, I did have that problem like you did, Jamie, with some of the like alien characters in it. But I guess they really kind of grew on me, I guess, this time. I didn't really have a problem with them. Um, Like none of like the CGI or any like the special effects in this movie. I thought everything kind of blended very well. So um, didn't really that didn't bother me either. But I thought the story was was good. I mean, it wasn't great or complex. It was pretty kind of straightforward. And it was just kind of like a fun like sci fi action movie and i think for me is i just think the the world that 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 has created for this film was pretty like unique i think just a lot lot of the designs from like costumes to um like the vehicle ships and cars and all that were are pretty cool um it seemed as generic as a lot of like i think sci-fi films can be um but it has like at times it's kind of cyberpunky at least like the beginning of it um then there's parts of it I'm seeing like, wow, this is like totally it. This either came from video influence from video games or influenced video games. Um, especially when he has like the gun, it's the, um, was it like the heat seeker or auto? 
Oh, with like the memory the thing plasma or rifle in halo oh yeah the memory yeah like is like a plasma rifle in Halo, and like the memory shot or whatever then like he turns around and like fires it and all like the bullets come back and fly towards the target and i was like yeah that was oh, great it's like totally like an insomniac game like that's in like ratchet and clank or something but <laughs> no i had that same thought too um but like no, the story with it. the story with like you know like the the elements like the fifth element i thought that was very cool and it felt like very um this sounds like a like a classic kind of japanese rpg storyline so it seems like it had a lot of these kind of other like cool outside influences that kind of converge in the story that i can pick up onto and like the and the anti-consumerism like piece of it too like the i don't know i just I just thought it had all these kind of cool elements. I'm like, yeah, it's not like a great movie. It's not like a masterpiece, but it's really fun and I think unique and cool designs in a movie. Speaking of fashion, Chad, did anyone notice the costume designer? Yeah, Jacques or Gaultier, Gaultier, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Jean-Paul Gaultier. The only reason I know that is from American Psycho when, uh, uh, Christian Bale is sitting down with Jared Leto and he asks him who designed his suit. And then he says, Jean-Paul Gaultier and gets up from the table. Hmm. Anyone with me on that? I haven't seen that film. It's been a what? while. <laughs> I just remember what? him dancing. <laughs> dancing. I don't remember that. Like you or he's like, when you're like, uh, He's wearing his like big rubber suit and he's like walking around like his oh, arm yeah. and all like weird. Maybe not dancing, but he's like swinging his arms back and forth when he walks. And I don't know. It's Hit been a while square. since I've seen it. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that he's a. I mean, he's a big French designer. I had to look him up because I am. I know next to nothing about fashion, but that was a name I actually did recognize. And strictly from American Psycho. But he's a French hot couture and pret-a-porter fashion designer and i could tell you more but it would mean nothing coming from me because i pretty much wear black jeans and t-shirts so or jeans and black t-shirts excuse me (laughs) black on black gray on black (laughs) sometimes (laughs) an occasional blue (laughs) i will sometimes mix mix orange with black (laughs) or orange tank tops for that matter tank tops oh yeah that's right good call mm-hmm. great memory so what about the the cast of characters in this like do Dude, do any of these stand out to you zorg is an interesting like i'm just so lost on like why gary oldman would play the character the way he did i mean i love the character but like his like a accent, southern hustler like <laughs> yeah so weird and like um it actually it made me question like i forgot to look it up earlier but i was gonna be like is gary oldman english or like what is he and i i believe he is an english <laughs> actor but i but like all the movies he's in he's doing something different i mean good for him <laughs> yeah he's he's he plays like the i don't know he's really good at playing the bad guys i think we well Jamie, you might remember this one. We're way, way back when we did the um, uh, shit. It's it's. Uh, I just had a brain fart. Poof! It just disappeared. What movie was that? With uh, Sid and Nancy. what's a what's a no, not Sid and Nancy. What's a uh, <laughs> Gary Peter Oldman? Taylor, no. Spy. Um, you looking for Gary Oldman movies? Yeah, he plays a bad guy. Dracula. Um, Dracula. but it was a Um, movie we did though jamie die hard the professional Um, no he wasn't in die hard it's uh hans zimmer does a song true romance yeah tinker taylor soldier spy yeah what's he play what's uh drexel drexel yeah yeah what's a drexel (laughs) what's drexel spyro (laughs) the legend of spyro a new beginning yes that's the one he's the voice of ignitus (laughs) you (laughs) bet Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. oh, you're you're talking about Harry Potter. He's serious black. That guy's a bad guy. Harry Potter doesn't exist. Yeah, he's a prisoner of Azkaban. Stop it. Serious black is not a bad guy. Uh, unless you get past the third movie, he is. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, never mind. Oh. So, hey, Chad, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh yeah. So Zorg. Um, 
Well, I remember as like bad guy. Yeah, Gary Oldman plays bad guys. Yeah. He's actually one of the reasons that when I first watched this movie, like I didn't like that character, but I liked him this time. So I guess that's what happens when you don't watch a movie for 10, 15 years. For sure. Oh, I know. Dr. Smith and Lost in Space or Spider Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. Ivan Krushke in Air Force One. Yeah, he's a bad guy in all the movies. Yeah, he had a serious 90s run of bad, bad guys. Yeah, he's a bad man. Bad, bad. Then he paid it all off with Commissioner Gordon. Yes, he did. Speaking of Commissioner Gordon, like I recognized the president in this movie, not from Friday first. I did that afterwards. I did. But um, of the he's the guy in the dark night that like takes the detonator away. And he's like, I'm going to do what you should have done an hour ago. And he throws the detonator out the window. Yeah, (laughs) he's like the prison guy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. so I'm like, I'm like, I know that dude's eyes. (laughs) I'm like in those crazy eyes. I knew him from the old WWE movie. No holds barred starring Hulk Hogan. As Zeus. Remember he a wrestler? Yeah, he was a wrestler too for no a short way. bit. Because he was like a wrestler in a movie. Then I think they brought him in as like a wrestler. Like in the WWF back in the day. When I still watched that bodybuilding ballet. <laughs> That's how I know him. So Bruce Willis. I feel like Bruce Willis here is like on... Like it's like mid nineties. He starts doing like kind of more like uh, indie films or like, I guess at the time you'd call them indie films, but like he's coming off pulp, like pulp fiction, right? Probably right before this. That sounds about Close right. To that. Yeah. 94. So he kind of starts doing like these, instead of these straight up like action films, he's kind of doing more like, I guess this is a straight up action film too, but kind of more, let's say not your more traditional. For film, sure. So. But like at the, at that same time, like, yeah, he was coming off of different movies like Die Hard and then 12 Monkeys. And then, I don't know, he always had those movies like where he was like, I don't know, a mobster hitman always had a fedora on. It feels like he had like that was during that era. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what last. Man yeah, the whole nine yards. That was in 2000. He did Armageddon in 98. Yeah, that yeah, was Sixth Sense in 99. Sixth Sense 99. Yeah, he's transitioning away from just the action guy. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what the last movie was where he had a full head of hair, and it turns out it was later than I thought. Because Sin City, he's got hair. And does that he? Was oh in yeah, two thousand. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you can't even lift that cannon hard again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, he had a full movie. head of hair, and he had a full head of hair in uh, Alpha Dog. I bet you know Lucky Number Slevin is probably when he started shaving it off. Oh. Ooh, Slevin, right. that's another like deep cut that does it doesn't get enough recognition for how good oh, it is. The movie's Agreed. so good. Yeah, just the banter and dialogue is super witty. It reminds me a lot of like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And a really good song that uh that Kansas City shuffle they play at the end of the Oh yeah, the, the rap? Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> I like that movie. What's a Kansas City shuffle? You look left, they go right. <laughs> Speaking of Bruce Willis, I've been kind of, it's my pick for um, our next movie. Oh, so you're going to do Die Hard? I'm going to do Die Hard. No. Oh. <laughs> but I've, I've been going back and forth between The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951, or 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis. I've yeah. seen 12 Monkeys a single time. I don't recall much of it. That was a Terry mm. Gilliam. And I've never wasn't it? seen the other one. That was a Terry Gilliam. Yeah. And it's on HBO Max right now, so maybe I'll maybe I'll go. I remember it being confusing at the time. Yeah. That's a that's a good if, rewatchable movie. If, like, <laughs> if you find that if you found Twelve Monkeys confusing, you should not watch Tenet. <laughs> oh, oh no. God. Oh god. Is that out? Like, can you rent that? Yeah, I own it. Yeah. You own it? Oh. Of course I do. Oh, you do, you do. I have to borrow does that from you. Yeah, yeah does absolutely. it hold up, James? I liked it better I, the I second time. It. Okay. That's I liked it better heard. the second time because the first time I was like, with with Chris Nolan playing with time, like you're spending so much almost time, 
looking past the characters to be like, what detail am I missing or Easter egg? Are they showing me that I'm not seeing right away? Um, where the second time when I understood this is where the movie's going to go, I enjoyed it more because and I was able to pick up on things and not be worried about missing something. Um, and then actually, and even to the point of after watching it and then doing kind of like what we do with these podcasts where I'm like flipping through different trivia about fifth element while the movie's kind of on. Um, I was reading stuff about tenant and I'm like learning stuff that I was like, my mind like, like exploded when I'm like, wait, what, how did I not pick up on this? Like, there's just like all these different realities that I'm like, I'm like, I is like my, yeah, it, it's just super complex. <laughs> like, I don't know how he thinks of these storylines like this. It's crazy. Genius. You gotta see that. It's on my list. All right, so should we go into film history? What this movie made, did Oscars, jazz, movies. No, that's 1997. See, the fun thing about 97 movies is like you can like start scrolling through because it's when CG started becoming like this this more prominent thing. Like this is the same year as Starship Troopers. Um, Yeah. Or Volcano, Contact. I'm just trying to think of like movies where CG would play like a heavy role in certain scenes. I mean, Speed 2. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but Men in Black. Like, so yeah, like it's just, it's just fun to see like where, um, where they started using CG, like before they started getting like over the top with it looking terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Starship Troopers, but watching that now, it is hard to watch because it's so... It's so PlayStation <laughs> like Oof. <in> graphics. <laughs> Oof, that's bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what else came out in 1997, James? Devil's Devil's <laughs> Advocate. <laughs> I oh nice. I love I love <laughs> Devil's Advocate. God, were you practicing that all day? <laughs> no. Wait, Ernest no. went to Africa? <laughs> he did in nineteen ninety seven. I didn't know Holy that. Shit. I thought he's dead by I, then. I didn't know that. That must have been that had to have been the last one for him. Um, Air Force One that year. That's awesome. Ooh, Cube. That's a fun movie. Cube and Event Horizon, two great underrated horror movies. Yeah, Event Horizon is by far the scariest movie ever. That and In the Mouth of Madness. Yes. Oh yeah. I love that movie. It's a good one. Ooh, Spawn came out this year. That was a big disappointment. Yikes. That's that's another one where, like, yeah, like they really. I liked a lot that on when CG. I was younger. But I was a, I'm a big John Linguizamo guy, and so well, maybe it was because I'm a sucker for him. He and he crushed that role, in my opinion. Yeah, because he was like the bad dude in that one, right? He was like yeah. the clown guy. The yeah, clown like, dude, yeah. So with the makeup and special effects, like it totally played. I got to see this, Casey. It, I too like John Linguizamo. I thought it banged back then, but I don't think it would hold up now. I think that's the biggest problem. Man, check out all these remakes, though. Like, or like Flubber, so the absent minded professor, though, with uh, Robin Williams. Oh, my goodness. Flubber Mis- was like my favorite movie. <laughs> Mr. Magoo, I love that movie. That Darn Cat, the remake. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. Man, we were really running out of ideas in 97. Oof. Oh, my God. 90s- Rocket Man. So funny. No one ever see that movie? No. Okay. Oh, the comedy Rocket Man with the <laughs> with like uh, farts into his suit yeah. and it goes through the tube. Yeah, he's, dude, that was and great. He's blaming it's everybody classic. else. It's classic. so funny. Classic, <laughs> stupid. Like it's a stupid '90s like kids movie almost. It's but it's classically it's stupid. Re- it's great. It's really bad, but like I, it's like I guarantee, like if I had my who's that 14, actor, fourteen year old nephew watch it now, like he would laugh because of it's like it's like dick and fart jokes. That 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 actor was in like a string of movies just like that. Uh, Harlan, Harlan Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yes, he plays the same guy, and he's just like perfect. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm just right? looking at it. Yep. Dumb. I think he was a stand up too. He's pretty funny. Yeah. He's pretty good. Um All right. Let's go in the box off. This movie had a budget of 90 million. It raked in 263, 263 million that is. It released on May 7th, 1997. So being it beginning of the summer blockbusters. Pretty much. 
ratings and reviews. Uh, critic score in Rotten Tomatoes is 71%. Audience score of 86%. IMDb has an average of 7.7. And has a 52% on me, uh, media, uh, Metacritic. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, this movie wasn't like received very well by critics when it first came out. I, I mean, I was trying to think of... Uh the DVD case, I'm almost positive on the back of the DVD case, it sticks in my head that it, they called it star Wars of the new millennium kind of thing. It, like, and I was just like, what? That's probably why a lot of people hated this movie. <laughs> that's just that quote right <laughs> you there. You can't put star Wars on it. Well, that's funny no because way. this, this is the, this is the year that star, they released the star Wars, uh, remasters with like, the, Oh, uh, the seat, the, what do you call them? Like the, extended scenes or added scenes and stuff yeah. like that. We're like Hans talking to Jabba and Jabba's like slithering around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um pretty bad. The tagline for this movie is really bad. There is no future without it. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth element. <laughs> Dumb. Ooh. Um, Here, Oscars, York, it was nominated for Best Visual Effects, didn't win. Did it win anything? What, it did not. That was the only thing it was nominated for. Let me, let's see if I hmm. find out what did win that year. I bet it was something with Armageddon because Armageddon was the best thing ever. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I have no idea. I'm looking. <laughs> While you're looking, I was just looking at the uh, opening here to the New York Times review. It's uh, as a yammering, swishy talk show host, Chris Tucker is flat out incomprehensible, while Mr. Oldman preens evilly enough to leave tooth marks on the scenery. Yikes. He gave it a 50. I mean, I like, about? wow. We haven't talked about Ruby Rod as characters go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was the best part of this movie. One of the oh, best. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. He's like, what would you say? He's more Prince. Yeah, like as a game Prince show or, host. <laughs> yeah, Prince as a game show host. Or, yeah. Like yeah, Prince and RuPaul as a game show host. There we go. Yeah, that's where this. I don't know if there's like any. I can't think of any other fiction like off the top of my head, but it, it reminds me of this book that I read um, by Jeff Noon. Um, called. <laughs> God, I'm just fucking losing it today. I can't even remember the. It was this book called The Seventh the Element. Seventh Element. <laughs> Knew oh it. Oh, it, was called, uh, <laughs> it was called Nymphomation. Um, but there was there was like a character in this that would kind of reminded me of like the um Tucker character in this, but it was like everything was like a giant like lottery kind of like every week or something like that called domino time and i was always like dom dom domino time <laughs> but yeah anywho um so here's the deal i'm looking up uh i can't find this one specifically because i can't tell if it's supposed to be visual effects or sound effects but i'll just let you know that titanic won everything this year <laughs> oh yeah that's that right. was that Aww. year that's <laughs> yeah. right yeah too and wasn't it I, again this is 97 so this is the year that contact came out so Titanic came out this year, the last week of December. Right. And it was like the highest grossing film of 97. <laughs> right. There's some shit like that. Yeah. There's like Con Air, LA Confidential, Air Force One, Contact. And yeah, Titanic took everything. The only thing that only thing that didn't get taken away was Goodwill Hunting's wins for screenplay and Robin Williams. Oh, Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. So I know I texted you guys or sent that picture out. Like I, so am I hearing this right on the internet that people are trying to ask the NC seventeen version of Mrs. Doubtfire? Like, it's kind of like the everybody requesting the Snyder cut. Everyone's now asking for the NC seventeen version of Mrs. Doubtfire cut. All right, so let's give some quick feedback. So you sent out a, a text with an image saying like, "Well, it says while filming Mrs. Doubtfire, nineteen ninety three, Robin Williams improvised so much that there was a PG PG thirteen." R and an NC-17 cut of the film. 
And now you're saying that I've, there's that's like a... Gotta, that's got to be an exaggeration. There's no way <laughs> I, he went that I think it's... dirty that much to make a whole cut that was NC-17. Like, I mean, it's got to be an exaggeration, but I have to believe yeah. there's a rated R version out there. Yeah, well, like, I can get that. <laughs> like, because I could just see, like, Robin Williams going off about, like, I don't know, Mrs. Doubtfire's balls, something like that. <laughs> well, if you've like, ever watched oh, he, Robin Williams stand-up, he was dirty. Yeah, he's a dirty comic. Yeah. Right, right, for sure. So that's why I'm just like trying to think. I'm like, man, it, with his improv, it probably did get pretty racy there, and like they'd yeah, have to like yeah. reel him back in. Like this movie's three hours long. <laughs> yeah, if we had the NC-17 cut, we would need his brother Frank making some like very graphic prosthetics or something. Oh God, you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> for the deep, deep, not rated cut. Yeah, but that movie also came out like at a time where I don't know was that that wasn't the digital era. We were still doing things on film, like so. I highly doubt. Wait, we'd be able to did find they like that. did they even have an NC seventeen rating in ninety three? I feel like they. It's did. Good question. I think that was like I feel it's more likely there was NC seventeen ratings back then, and then they just stopped making NC seventeen movies like in ninety five. Because when did um? Because like yeah, ninety three. What was it? Kids? Natural born killers. Kids was the last like NC seventeen movie. Oh jeez. Because wasn't um, I thought Natural Born Killers that was NC seventeen. I thought it was too. Well, I'm looking up uh, look. NC seventeen kids nineteen ninety five. Told you. Yeah, so, uh, Natural Born Killers nineteen ninety two. Okay, so Natural the first NC seventeen. <laughs> first NC-17 rated film was in 1990. It was Harry and June. I don't so even that... think I've ever heard of that movie before. Harry and June. Me neither. I'm looking it up right now. June. Is it a porno? A, liter- a literally... <laughs> A literary love triangle is explored in this film, which was the first to earn an NC-17 rating. While traveling in Paris, author Henry Miller... And his wife, June, met Aeneas Nin, and sexual sparks fly as Nin starts an affair with the openly bisexual June. When June is forced to return to the U.S., she gives Nin her blessing to sleep with her husband. Then, when June returns to France, an unexpected and sometimes contentious threesome forms. Oh, yeah, you hate a contentious threesome. Oh, Uma Thurman's in it as June. Oh, well, it's a porno. here's Uh, an important distinction though because that's chad so that was the first nc-17 rating right because wikipedia has a bunch of old ones that were originally rated x but i think x became nc-17 and then not necessarily yeah right well for for the older ones that they then retrofitted with the nc-17 rating yeah, because I think what happens with like the NC seventeen rating came along because like there was like there'd be like an X or like a double X or like a triple X rating, so I think that was kind of one of the reasons for the NC seventeen rating. But cool, and actually, um, Jamie, I was going to ask you since you didn't like the the creature design of the Mang- Mangalorians, um, yeah, what did you think of of the uh, mo- what were they called the uh, Mondo? Mondo Mango, shoot the Mambo number five. M- Mondo, <laughs> Mondo Shuins. Is that what the, I can't remember? Mon- Mondoshins, Mondoshuans, the like the slow turtle walking like creatures at the beginning. Oh, are you German? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so I don't know why, but they um. Like your cyberpunk vibe, Chad, they uh, also reminded me I'm a big Coheed and Cambria fan, and I really got some serious like Amory Wars vibes from those guys in the beginning. And for those of you who don't know, that's like the comic book that's part and parcel with Coheed and Cambria, the band. So like a lot of that art style kind of reminded me of that. So no, I was into that. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. The the Amory Wars? Yeah, it's called the Amory Wars. I think uh, Dark Horse Comics um, puts them out. But yeah, he, it's like a whole storyline. Each album that they put out is basically this continuating storyline. So it's super nerdy if you want to dive into it. Oh, 
That's kind of cool. Yeah, but to your creature design, so Men in Black came out in 97, which I think James or Casey mentioned earlier. Like, give me those aliens. Those are Rick Baker aliens. Like, every alien in that movie works for me. I love I love those designs. Like, the giant roach. So, I yeah, I guess, like, if you were to do a comparison, Men in Black aliens, I really like the Fifth Element guys I was not so fond of. Hmm. I don't know if I like the men in black aliens just looking at images of them because I've never like, seen that movie. But I was gonna say like the big roaches. Hey, Kay, how's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was just those guys, though, because the um, I really like the blue singer. I can't think of her character's name or, but... or the talking pug. But that's what you liked about men <laughs> in black. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> this guy's costume is terrible. What's wrong with it? Whoa. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, see, I had a problem with the blue alien because I couldn't tell like if it was part of her dress or she was wearing a hat um, oh, or if that was just the diva. Yeah. Or that was just her body with the tubes coming out and stuff. Yeah. No, no, I, I thought it was like a part of her body, but yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Cause there's, there's a, there's a point to where like the, the back of like her neck, whatever. Cause I, her head almost looks like a xenomorph, <laughs> but, um, 100%. That's what I was looking at. Yeah. yeah. But the back of it, it's probably just costume design. Like you can kind of see like the folds of like, where like the neck kind of goes, there's like a collar or something, you know, but yeah, but I assume it was part of her body. Cause that scene before that she's kind of covered in like that, gown or whatever that head covering yeah but i thought that character was pretty cool like kind of like plays like a key part <laughs> in the film that scene the like the the song the scene, scene and then the fight yeah that all that together felt very not that i didn't like it i thought it was good but it felt very 90s to me at that point too like a choreographed fight song opera techno remix thing that felt very that felt a little dated to me in that mm. in that moment see but part of, i like that's the thing about 90s films no, I liked I really it. Like, yeah <laughs> but yeah maybe it's that's something maybe i have blinders on because i'm i guess maybe calling saying it made me saying it felt dated is maybe not the right thing but it definitely like felt like i i could tell when it was made Right, those are like the, the characteristics that place yeah. this as, as a definite like '90s film. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean a derogatory. Like, I, I think it was good and it's endearing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that was to me felt very much like uh, something from that era. So since we're just kind of on like age aging and and if a movie like holds up, like how does this movie hold up? Um. For me personally, I, th- I think it, it holds up quite well. It probably has a lot to do with like the setting. Um, kind of like it's set in like a futuristic world that's not kind of um, centered in anything that's what more modern that we can relate to today. Um, but yeah, I think I think it holds up for the most part. I think there's some kind of like CGI stuff that were, like really stands out as far as like it doesn't like blend in that well. But I don't think it's like um, a detriment to the film at all. But what do you guys think? I think it holds I up. Think... I think that. Nope. You, no, you go ahead. See. You go ahead. Well, I was going to say. I, I was going to say. Yeah. It. <laughs> Damn. Damn it. You, you go. I'm got, done. You just got cased. No, that I was honestly, we both like, we both tried to let each other in. No, do it. You go now. Stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I, I always want to let you in, Casey, into my heart. Um, no, I think the movie holds up. I think the it, the biggest thing with the CG for this one is that plays well is it's a lot of uh, background scenes or they spent a good deal of time on like the car chase scenes and things like where I'm like, it all plays together. It's not like there's any one single um, CG item that like is standing out as like oh that's really bad to me. It all seems like it. I don't know. It's like the color palette of everything like works really well together. So I don't know. And then I think the set design in general like it was huge. I think that they did 
use try to use a lot of practical effects with set design and costume design uh, that really help with all of this. And then everything else that's going on in space, I don't know. It all, I think it all played very well. So I don't know. I think it holds up minus some of the rubber suits. I, I'll give you that, uh, Jamie. <laughs> I really wanted to like him. I really did. Um, and I think for me, it's a mix for versus um, what holds up and what doesn't, because like Casey said, there's some things that are so totally nineties, like having the president be a major feature. Like we didn't need a president in this movie. We really didn't like, it would have been almost the same movie without him. But that character is in so many nineties movies, like Mars attacks, um, probably Armageddon independence day. Um, Air Force One doesn't count because that's a movie about the president. But um, then, like, uh, the mines, the Gary Oldman timed mine that he sets, that uh, the aliens end up turning on him, that's super 90s, super golden eye. Um, so there, there's stuff like that where I'm like, why do we have timed mines in the future? But, oh, because it's in the 90s. You know, stuff like that. So for me, it's a mix. But then there's... So... so it, I like, did you notice, uh, Jamie, um, that like the futuristic things in this movie, like there were so many back to the future two references, like, so flying cars is an obvious one, but then yep. like the, the hydration microwave for like that Turkey that she like eats. Oh yeah. Chicken, chicken, yeah, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's just like little things like that where I was like, I started like, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, what else? Like I'm, I'm expecting like Corbin Dallas's friend to come in upside down. He threw his back out. Bah! He's like floating in there or something. <laughs> uh, but like, I was just looking for all these different back to the future two like sci-fi references. Um, but I don't know. At least they're keeping it consistent. <laughs> right. I, I really liked um, the, the Chinese food delivery service. It just, comes to your apartment oh yeah that was great oh yeah and like the boat (laughs) yeah 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 that's a nice like Like, touch of design i think that's i mean that is a that's a good idea as far as in a sense that like if i want a hibachi grill like situation and bring it to my house like a food truck like i order it it's made right in front of me i sit down and eat it there and then he takes off to the next place I don't think that's a really yeah. great business model, but it would be no. awesome. It's <laughs> not very efficient. That's like yeah. Uber Eats leveling up, you know? No, yeah, 100%. No, I think it's more akin to like a hot dog cart that floats around and maybe he just like sticks around and chats with some of his regulars a little bit more. Because that actually makes sense to me, like, you know, a traveling hot dog cart when you live in stacks like that. Yeah. You're right, Casey. That's a lot more Brooklyn, too. Right. So I think that the thing that I think ages the movie to me and the thing that stood out, and it's kind of, it's, it's funny because it stood out to me at the time and then it kind of is necessary for the entire ending. Um, but I thought the whole like, oh, she's passed out. I need to revive her. Oh, I'm going to kiss her. Like that, it felt like a very forced like love story at the moment. But then you turn around at the end, the whole way that the ending happens is because they love each other. And then she has the desire to use her powers or whatever. Um, So that that felt a little dated in 90s to me, like that the movie had to revolve around some sort of like romantic theme where love saved the day type of thing. Um, That's what stood out to me. That's a. That part just kind of reminded me of the old Robotech series, at least the Macross saga, because <laughs> that's um, that's how they defeat the aliens is through. Actually, no, it's part of it is love, but it is through music. So I guess that's kind of 50 50. <laughs> Are we under the impression that 5000 years ago, evil came, we saved it and that's how we got the moon. So was there just darkness before that? <laughs> Because then, like, did you notice, uh, like, it stopped 67 miles above the Earth, and it's like, okay, and now we got two moons. Cool. So each time it happens, we get a new moon. I guess so. That's what you're saying. Jupiter's been screwed a few times. Yeah. It's a bigger planet. Yeah. All right. Um, Speaking of Melia, is it? Not how you pronounce her last name? Joe. Is it Joe? I want to hear you. Joe Jovovich. 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 So Amelia Jovovich. Has, so she, her her movies are like the, she's like the 
was it Resident Evil? Yeah, lead yep. right. That's those are like her movies. Like <laughs> she's made like a hundred of them. Well, and she just did the what's the last one she just did? It wasn't Resident Evil? It was like the Monster Hunter or whatever. Oh, yep, Monster Hunter it's based on a different video game. Oh, yep. yeah, she's in that too. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it ju- it just came out on Redbox, I think. Oh, she was in the Hellboy remake too. Didn't know that. Has anyone watched the um, Resident Evil films at all? I've seen the not, first three. I've, I've seen them, but not enough to remember them. Yeah, so. I the first one's a decent zombie movie. It's a little weird, but yeah. Chad, have you seen them? No, I just remember seeing a scene in one of them. I know it wasn't like the first two or three, yet, but um, it was like, I just remember it was like a scene. She was like on a motorcycle and she like drove up like the side of a church or something. And like Resident th- Evil Apocalypse jumped off the motorcycle and like shot it like doing like a backflip with like two glocks in her hand i don't know it was it was so ridiculous i mean those movies look like they're just so over the top like ridiculous but yeah yeah, that was resident (laughs) evil apocalypse (laughs) yeah well that's oh this makes this makes way more sense though so no go ahead jamie I'm waiting. I stopped for you, James. Uh, Kill him with Jamie. Go. That's a good call out. That's a good call out, Jamie. Why is it a good call out? Go. Well, because basically Resident Evil is Lilu. If there were there were like a darker element to her, because that's basically what the character Alice is. She's like this super organism that's going to save humanity from this zombie virus. So it's just interesting that they kind of created Mila Jovovich in a lab in this movie. And then that was her next franchise that she carried through that made a lot of money. That was all I had. So this is kind of super smart. Like, uh, cause Mila is married to Paul W.S. Anderson and he's the guy who has made all of the resident evil movies and has made monster hunter. So like if you want your wife in like clad tight spandex with swords and guns, like he's nailing this. I think that uh, Kate Beckinsale's husband or ex-husband was trying to do the same thing with the Underworld movies with her. Oh, that, I forgot about those films. Oh, my gosh. You mean like Pete <laughs> Davidson? What? What? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Her and her husband got a divorce. And then, yes, I believe Pete Davidson was on her arm for a little while. Right. Ooh. No, I'm thinking of the guy who did the last Die Hard movie. He did. God, he did like Total Recall. Also, he did. He's doing. He did all those remakes. God, what is his name? Live Free or Die Hard. It is Len Wiseman. Wiseman. So, hey, Jamie, I'm I'm guessing this question was for from you. The is this an action movie or a sci? <laughs> is this an action movie or a science fiction movie? Oh yeah, that was that was my question. I I thought it was a sci-fi movie at first, but then at, at the end of the movie, to me, it felt like an action movie. So I was just curious what everyone else thought. Oh, can it can it be both? Yeah, I'm confused by that. Yeah, I guess it can, and I think we've maybe talked about this before, uh, so it might not bear repeating. But what makes a sci-fi movie? Because yeah, like I said, for me, I guess I'm of the opinion that it's it's more of an action movie. It can be both, but I guess I didn't take it in that way. So, like, is Alien a sci-fi movie or a horror movie? That one, I would say it's both. I would say it's sci-fi horror. I would say this is a science fiction movie. It's set in a kind of like a weird dystopian (laughs) future, right? Like... Yeah, the yeah. fact that the penguin turtle aliens are like the first one of the first sci-fi things you see right in the beginning of the movie, like the, it shouts sci-fi to me. That's fair. Yeah, fair enough. All right, <laughs> we figured that out. <laughs> Problem well, solved. Problem solved. So I on guess on to the next one. <laughs> I guess the last half of the movie was action, which is why I I brought up that question. You know, when they're in the paradise cruise ship and just shooting the building up i was like this is an action movie right but it's like isn't it the cruise ship go out into space i guess so but 
I don't know. Like I said, I, I felt a lot more Goldeneye than I did uh, Alien mm. or 2001. Yeah, I've n- never seen a James Bond movie, so maybe that's. Yeah, I don't know. I would say both. <laughs> oh <my> but... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have. I've seen the one with Jaws. I've seen the one with. Uh, um, what's his name? Spy You Love Me or Moonraker? I don't know. When I, was, when I was a, when I was a, a kid, like they, I feel like James Bond movies were always on, but they they still are because <laughs> <laughs> there's like a million T- of them. TNT every Thursday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before we go, I want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine. Remember, new episodes drop on Fridays. Please send your questions, comments, and feedback to moviemachinepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at moviemachinepod. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.